Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for TV and movie lovers. I'm your lady host and one-dimensional fat best friend character, Sonia Stanger, and I'm joined in the studio by my co-host, the one-dimensional gay best friend character, Sean Dunham. Girl, you gotta get your man. <laughs> I'm glad you weren't offended by that because I, I hoped you knew the spirit I went to. Yeah. Which is that we are done dirty by the kinds of films we are watching. We are talking about today. Done, done dirty. Sadly, Jeremy is out on assignment this week, and I just know he's devastated to be missing this episode. He's like praying to whatever God he prays to. <laughs> yes. Uh, for today's show, we're getting like totally girly and looking at a once ubiquitous and much maligned genre of movies, the so-called chick flick. You know the type. Fluffy features catering to the female audience that pull at your heartstrings or bring a tear to the eye. The kind of thing a 90s comedian would complain about his wife forcing him to watch. Yeah. As always, a spoiler alert is in full effect. You just might find out that there is absolutely no conflict in a relationship that a grand gesture cannot solve. Yeah, you're right. You know? So, Sean, let's dive right in and talk about chick flicks okay please what does the term chick flick mean to you what are some of the key elements um okay so chick flick basically is rom-coms but they've sort of changed their name and their address (laughs) um i I, maybe it's in a you know a tier do you think chick flicks is under perceived to be under a rom-com to be Mm. a little more froth I don't know. I came up with a little equation that I feel like works, which is most rom-coms are chick flicks, but not all chick flicks are rom-coms. Okay. So I think think chick flicks is like maybe the umbrella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And rom-coms like falls under that. Yeah. But then there are also, I think, rom-coms, especially nowadays, that aren't considered necessarily chick flicks. Yes. They've kind of like mainstreamed. They've they've swerved. Yeah, you're right. Hmm. Um, Okay. (laughs) I think that... So, in watching the films that I've watched this week, mm-hmm. basically every single one of them was guy and girl meet, mm-hmm. do not get along. Yes. They are, through circumstances, have are squished together. And then there's an explosive blow-it-all-up moment mm-hmm. at the end. Um, and then they get, they, get back, they get together. Yeah. And it's, to me... It's like a 90s, early aughts vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, it is going to shoppers and buying three of them on one DVD. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, which my friend used to do. Uh, just like, her every Sunday she would truck on over and buy, like, a double feature or a triple feature. And then you just have it. Yeah, then you have it. It's just, that's just good economics. It's terrible economics. <laughs> it is. That's a, that's a bad way to spend your money. Um, yes, I would agree. I think it's interesting because I feel like, so, I don't know. I, I feel like the term chick flick is kind of amorphous in the sense that, like, it can mean a lot of different things and people use it in different ways. Because in some ways, I feel like, especially back in the day, anything that was about... That had women, a woman in that it. Had a woman in it that women were interested in would just be like, oh, that's a chick flick. Yeah. Like, unless it's Ocean's Eleven and then there's like a yeah. girl like using the washroom in one scene, then. <laughs> yeah. And, that's, and then she's on the cover. Uh, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, because there, I think there's kind of also, so there's like the rom-coms for sure, but there's also a like mom movie tearjerker. Yes. That I think also falls that is under a, this yeah, umbrella. That's the, um, the Steel Magnolias. Yes, lives, Fried the Green beaches. Tomatoes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Movies your mom would cry to. Yeah. Movies but, that would appear on the W Network. Yes, of course. <laughs> You're right. And those, to me, are not a chick flick. Mm, interesting. Okay. That is a, well, actually, you know what? Maybe it's... See, this is you the know, thing. Yeah. That, it's, it's, it's a nonsense word in my I guess ways. it is. I guess it feels like if there's more of a gravitas of, like, drama, mm-hmm. which I feel like some of those have... I would think that it wouldn't be as frothy as a, but then a chick flick, you know what, doesn't maybe need to be frothy. Yeah. Well, and it depends who you ask, I think, because, you know. It just needs to be a flick consumed <laughs> a flick for chicks. by chicks. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's complicated and also doesn't really mean anything. Also, Julia Roberts is in most of them. <laughs> I was going to say, um, Sandra Bullock is in most. She of also. It's one or the other, or maybe both. Is and there weird, anything with both? And weirdly, Malin Ackerman. I <laughs> she was in. I don't know who she that was is. in two of the three I watched today. Wow. She's like blonde, kind of like. She's kind of like mean girl. Mm. But she's she's barely in it. But she's she is in it. But she's in she's it. She's money. in there. Yeah. Um. Do okay. Do chick flicks still exist? Slash get made. They have, they're here. Mm-hmm. They're fewer and far between, and mm. they're different. I was thinking of like the To All the Boys series yes. on Netflix. Yeah. I feel like those really fall into that. Um, and also, honestly, like um, the holiday movies, like the, the, oh, yeah. What are those? Hallmark. The Hallmark of, of girls. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of those are very similar vibes. That's true. But they're a little more consumable and, like, you know, breeze throughable. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you watch any of those a second time. <laughs> yeah. No offense to any of you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Maybe there maybe are fans they do. out there who do. Maybe people do. Not I and not you. No. Um. Yeah. Sorry. Did you have further? <laughs> um. I was trying to think of sort of bigger ones, like mm. Crazy Rich Asians, perhaps, and... um. Last Christmas. <laughs> oh, God! I don't know why that popped into my head. But, but you're right. But that one felt very like, oh, we don't get along. But mm-hmm. eventually, like, we learn to like each other, except one secretly is a ghost. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but also, if you have, if, if you're worried about how last Christmas ends at this point, I don't know why you waited this long. Last Christmas, he gave her his heart. <laughs> <gasps> it's right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting because I was kind of thinking like, I feel like they don't get made as often anymore. Like, so, okay, that brand of like mom movies, like tearjerker mom movies, I can't think of the last one of those that came out. You know, like I feel like those aren't churned like, out at the degree they used to be. Yeah, like what happened when Chrissy Metz's kid fell in the ice? Like, <laughs> but that's also a subgenre of Christian mom movies. But that's subgenre of Christian moms. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that counts. Yeah, but you're right. There's that's not really. Maybe they just know that um, movies marketed to women are just different now. Mm, yeah, there's a bit more substance. I would like to think. Yeah, not to everything. <laughs> now that I say that, but also I feel like things are a bit more. 
like there's a bit more segmentation sometimes. So, you know, something like Booksmart, for example, that like, you know, could be considered a chick flick, I guess, but like to me has more substance than that. Yes. Like that, like there are enough people who will seek that out that that can do well and it doesn't have to be like sanitized mass market rom-com yeah. thing. I, I'm just trying to think of the last trailer that was like this coming like Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Like she broke her heel in a sewer grate or whatever. Right. And those are just don't really come up that much. Mm, even yeah, even those rom coms like Sandra Bullock is exactly who I think of. Um, Sandra, of like the two thousand tens. Sandy's out of the game. Yeah, the, of like the aughts and tens though. You know, like there would be so many in a year. Yeah, and there are so many I still haven't even seen to this day. Like you know, well, two weeks notice the proposal. Like they're all just yeah. Nothing. Like when we were looking up things to watch this mm-hmm. week, I would click on one and then just ten sort of similar covers chasing me yeah. around the internet. Yeah, a woman's high heel. <laughs> a woman's high heel, a woman's like, uh, t- um, a woman and a man, like... <laughs> back to back. Like, yeah, arms crossed, just like, ugh, yeah. looking at each other. So many. The, many of those. Seriously, listeners, Google, like, Google chick flicks or rom-coms and just see the covers that Google presents to you. Which is like, is it a brown-haired woman or a blonde woman? <laughs> exactly. Sometimes there's both and they fight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which we'll talk about. But, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, okay, so, yeah, let's get into it. What did you watch this week? Okay, so I watched a film that I've never watched before, mm-hmm. but it was, like, very... It was very in the zeitgeist at the time, and the time was 2008. Mm, and, what a time. And the woman was Katherine Heigl oh. and, and James Marsden, <laughs> oh, um, and it is 27 Dresses. <laughs> Uh, this movie is a fever dream. <laughs> this movie's crazy. So this movie is about a woman who is obsessed with weddings. She loves putting them on. She mm-hmm. loves helping people out with them. So she's always a bridesmaid. She um, is the best person to invite to the wedding. She collects all of the bridesmaid dresses that she stood up mm-hmm. at. 27 of them. 27 of them to be exact. Yes. Um, and it opens... Oh, and then also... Uh, she is she's really obsessed with these this sort of society pages of mm. a, a writer that covers weddings, which I've never yeah. heard of in my life. And that's I, some white people nonsense. I it think. is. I was like, is this a real section of a newspaper? And maybe mm-hmm. at a time there was, but anyway, James Marston is a writer mm-hmm. that, and she follows him religiously because she obviously loves weddings because she's insane. Um, and it opens, the film opens with her doing a dual wedding montage, <laughs> which is, I feel like how most movies end, like someone rushing in a cab, like back and forth to yeah, a, a yeah, wedding. Yeah. Um, but it started with her doing that and pulling it off. And it actually was a very fun montage. Um, Judy Greer is her sort of, her sort of sassy friend, mm-hmm. which I love that for her. Um, a role she was born to play. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's great in that. Um, and so then, and she's also in love with her boss. Right. Oh, yes, I forgot about that. And she does everything for her boss because she is a do-everything-for-everyone type of person, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of annoying to most people. Um, her sister falls in love with her boss as well, and they start getting married, and she loses her marbles. Her hot sister. Probably. Her hot sister, Malin Ackerman. Because, of course, oh, that's Malin. There you yeah. go. Now I know who she is. Um, There is a... 
there is a line that I that I had to write down. It was called. It is. I feel like I just found out my favorite love song was written about a sandwich. <laughs> I don't know. Not a normal person would say that. Like <laughs> trying to say that you failed disappointed about something. <sighs> um, every every person acts incredibly insane. Like yeah, no one acts like a real. James person. Marsden sees her at a wedding once and then basically stalks her until she goes out with him. Mm-hmm. Um. Her sister lies about every aspect of her life to mm-hmm. to marry this like man. She is obsessed with her boss, uh, which in adulthood you cannot be doing. Um, <laughs> I mean, there are people who do that, but the degree and the sort of like way she does it is is quite sad. She does, and then at the at the end, she does a sort of slideshow expose to. Mm-hmm out her sister as not being the woman that he knew, which is just like, she's not a vegetarian. She doesn't love animals. It's very minor things. Yeah. And she like <laughs> blows up her life. It seems, she it, like the sister acts like it's the most devastating thing anyone has ever done to her. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it was, uh, there was a lot going on in this film. Mm. Um. But it was very watchable. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fun. That's the thing with these movies. And I haven't had eyes on Katherine Heigl in a long time. Yeah, same. Is she I th- okay? I don't think she's okay. Oh, no. Catherine. Kate, Hit reach us out. Up. Yeah. And you have seen this before? I have. Um, more than I- once. <laughs> okay. It <laughs> Which comes tells out. you a little something, something. But not for years. Um, I like the part where they sing Benny and the Jets. Yeah, do you know? I also didn't mind the montage of her trying on all of her oh, yeah. wet, all of her ugly bridesmaid dresses. Mm-hmm. And there's a sort of a running joke that everyone's like, "You can just cut it up and like wear it later." Yeah. And she's like, "Yeah, I'll definitely do that." Um. Uh. Yeah. That's about. That's about. That's it. the end of the line for that one. Yeah, Catherine Heigl has been in a few, a few winners. Um. Also, just. The thing of like women, what do women like? Oh, weddings. <laughs> yeah, a, it's our only thing. <laughs> yeah, this, this the wedding is a theme in mm. every all three of the films I watched this week. Actually, wow, it ends in a wedding that gets blown up. Okay, I'm excited to hear more. Yeah. Um, I also watched something that I've never seen before this week and have sort of like heard things about, but didn't really know anything about it. Have you ever seen Mystic Pizza? No, I haven't. But it is in it's in my brain. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why and what it could possibly mean. Yeah, I also and you know what? Having seen the movie, still still don't really is know what it was mystical? about. Is anything mystical? Is anything flatbread? Well, they, they live in Mystic, Connecticut, which is why it's called that. Oh. So they work and they work at Mystic Pizza. Oh, okay. That's, also, <laughs> <laughs> that's actually much lamer. I thought there would be. Some sort of magical realism about a, a yeah. pizza. No. Oh. I mean, the pizza is somewhat magical. It does win over um, a very frosty food critic. Hmm. There's a there's a plot line about that I also that for love no in the 90s, um, food being a food critic was yeah. also a large uh, um, role. People could yes, just do exactly, that. Exactly. Also, Ratatouille kind of ripped off that part. Anyway, I guess lots of things have done that. Um also, though, because we live in the modern hellscape that we live in, every time I hear Mystic Pizza, I think of, like, Cosmic Pizza, like Cosmic Ping Pong, the the whole 
alleged child trafficking scandal. Oh, you know, what I, I mean? didn't know the that. QAnon thing? I didn't know it was called Cosmic Pizza. Yeah, Cosmic because it's CP. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Yeah, you know where Hillary Clinton was allegedly. Right, anyway, of course, of course. That's not relevant to the film, but every time I hear or say Mystic Pizza, my brain immediately You're goes, like oh, Hillary Clinton. Check yeah. her emails. Right, yeah. conspiracy theories. Anyway, um, it's about. Julia Roberts, Lily Taylor, and an actress named Anna, Annabeth Gish, who I've never oh, seen. Oh, Gish. Okay. You know her? Um, I've heard of Gish. Okay. She has got a great name. Yeah, she does. Um, it's like Jeannie Triplehorn. You like It's a yes, name you don't forget. That's so true. Um, they all work at Mystic Pizza together. They're young women. And it's basically just about the things going on in their lives. So, like, uh, Lily Taylor uh, faints at the altar because she's having cold feet and, like, doesn't go through with the wedding. And then it's about her navigating her relationship with her partner, Bill. And then Julie Roberts is, like, you know, kind of a devil-may-care troublemaker. And Anna- Annabeth Gish is her, like, goody-two-shoes younger sister. okay. And then <laughs> Julia Roberts gets mixed up with... Uh, a rich boy, a preppy boy from the right side of the tracks. And so they're, and I, they're I big assume Portuguese the pizza family. On the, <laughs> yeah. on the bad side. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, they're all, they're all Portuguese. <laughs> Wait, all of the women you just mentioned? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I guess there's a big Portuguese population in Connecticut. Didn't know that. Never had Portuguese pizza? But that's the, like, ethnic, um, like, tension. <laughs> that's how white Connecticut is. That, right. Like, Portuguese people are the minorities. Still white, by the way. Um, anyway, and then uh, Annabeth Gish uh, starts babysitting for this uh, hot architect dad okay. whose wife is in England, and then they get tangled up. But, like, kind of nothing happens the whole movie. It's really slow. Um, parts of it were charming. Parts of it were funny. Most of it was pretty boring. Uh-huh. I'm not going to lie. That's, you know, from the mythology of Mystic Pizza, mm. I kind of thought this would be a little more. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know, some drama, some some growth, like yeah, <laughs> nothing. Some, some, something rising. Yeah, there's no, there's no rising. There's a great moment where Julia Roberts, um, she's like kind of starting things with the rich boy. And then he says he's out of town visiting his grandma. And then for some reason, um, the three girls are all, like, drinking together. And Julia Roberts is like, let's go to the country club. And it's like, why would you suggest that? Like, that's not what this character would say or do. But it's just for the plot. But they're like, so they go there and they're, like, drinking in the parking lot. And then she sees him through the window walking with this girl. And they have stolen the one girl's boyfriend's truck, who's a fisherman. And so she, like, backs up the truck in, next to his Porsche and dumps fish into his truck. Oh, my God. His car. And then he comes out, and it's revealed that it's his sister. Spoiler alert. Oh. So she just, like, dumps so fish in his car for no his, reason. Oh. She acted out of pocket. <laughs> she did. <I> think. <laughs> she did. She was a bit rash. But then it's, like... It's not a real problem. He's like not even that mad. He's like, I'll just clean out my car, no yeah. problem. Yeah. Um, her insurance would be a disaster after that. Exactly. And you know, insurance and you know is on my brain right now. Poor <laughs> Joe. <laughs> I'm in the middle of a, a <laughs> an insurance drama. It's a it's, chaotic week, as we've both established. I don't know, uh, listeners, you might know, is Virgo season a thing? 
because everything is quite chaos Mm -hmm. this month. Anyway. Yeah, we're struggling. We're struggling through. (laughs) Hopefully you can't tell from this episode. Um, But yeah, it was one of those things. Oh, also though, do you know Conchata Farrell? Farrell? Yes, I do. She's also in it. She's their boss at the pizza restaurant. And she's a a delight. She's a good boss. Yeah. Like that's the thing. You put Conchata in there. Oh, you're going to get Conchata. You're going to get a good performance. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And you do. So yeah, Mr. Pizza is sort of nothing. (laughs) Okay, that's good to know because yeah. I could skip. You could skip for sure. Yeah. Young Julia Roberts, though, God, so beautiful. Oh, just a mouthful of teeth. And hair. Oh. Not mouthful, but. Mouthful of hair. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> Great hair, the hair on that girl. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. What else did you watch? Um, I also watched Sweet Home Alabama <gasps> from 2002. A little Reese action. A little Reese, yeah. Oh. Um, and uh, it's little Reese. Patrick Dempsey plays her um, rich Democratic um, fiance. Yeah. And Candace Bergen plays his mom, the mayor. Um, Candace Bergen is exactly the role I want her to play in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just like kind of, kind of a bee, kind of rich, and just like stomping around. I love that. Um, Reese has this very sort of iconic blonde flip, like chunky mm, flip. Oh, yes. That like. I have seen reverberate through culture. Uh-huh. People love that. Um, I, I, that's the haircut I wanted when I was 11. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I, did I have it? No, but I tried. Um, it, it's, t- it's tough to take mm-hmm. care of. Mm-hmm. Um, she plays a fashion designer, a conservative fashion course, designer, um, who has to, she is asked to marry by her um, aforementioned hot <laughs> Democratic asked fiance. To <laughs> and so then she's like, Oh, no problem. Um, I just have to go visit my parents for the weekend. Don't tell anyone. So she rips home to Alabama because she secretly has to get divorced from her first husband, who is her childhood sweetheart. And they are butting heads left and right. Um, But obviously, it won't get the sparks are flying. Um, Also, there's a bit of a through line of this strange phenomenon when lightning strikes strikes light um, sand and it turns into a glass sculpture. Oh, right. And that's a... It's brought up several times. Of course. The there always has to be a metaphor like that. Yeah, it's it's a bizarre one. Also, someone that um, is in the zeitgeist right now, uh, Jean Smart, plays her mother-in-law. Mm. She is having a great year. She's in Hacks. She's so good in Hacks. She is in mayor of east town oh yeah and she just plays this sort of country bar owner and she's <laughs> I, just I like, thought you were saying something else no this is what i was saying country bar owner <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> and she just is like oh look there's trouble coming like she's very she's very that mm. um but then she'll kick a girl out if she wants to mm. um basically reese rolls into town thinking that she's better than everyone else Everyone brings her down up several pegs, mm. and then she. Um, what does really happen? Oh, and then Patrick Dempsey and Candace Bergen come to visit, and it's a big disaster. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have a wedding, but then it doesn't go through. What else is in there? And then does she end up with the childhood sweetheart? She ends up right back with childhood sweetheart. Yeah, I'm due for a rewatch on this one. It's honestly, I I was like, are you guys good together? They're always yeah. Like, I was like, there seems to be a domestic right around the corner. Mm. They're always screaming at each other. Um, but I guess that's love, baby. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not healthy love, I would argue. That's the southern love, baby. Yeah. I uh, feel like that's true of a lot of these movies where you're like, mm, maybe 
shouldn't. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're they're like um they're like throwing things at each other. Mm. They're throwing people in water. It's it's a mess. Yeah. Yelling at dogs. Not dogs. Yeah. What do dogs do? <laughs> they didn't deserve it. Um Ethan Embry's also in this. Mm. Um he's great. I just love seeing him. He is to me like yeah, early 2000s movies. What would I know him from? Um Empire Records. Uh, he's Grace and Frankie. He's like Coyote. <laughs> Why can't I think of him? Oh, uh, you would if, when you see his face. You're like, oh, yeah. it's him. Okay, I'll look him up on the break. Yeah. Um, do you have more to say about that? Not a ton more. I just remember that this was this was chick flick. Mm, yes. Like whatever age I was, this 2002. So yeah, I was in high school. And girls really rallied around this film in particular. <laughs> Maybe because we were from a small town, and so everyone was like, I'm that, like, down-home southern girl that I'm, like, <laughs> I'm hot, but I'm tough. My uncle also loves the Confederate flag. <laughs> oh, and also her dad takes place or takes part in a big, um, like, civil war reenactment. Mm. Yeah. And you know which side he's on, well, of course. Right. Of course. That is, that is present in so many different pieces of media. I was like, this isn't even necessary to put in this. But no. they're like, well, let's give the dad something to do. Mm. And so he's not just hanging around the house all the time. I don't know. <laughs> what does this man love? Guns and the Confederacy. And his daughter. <laughs> right. I guess. But in sort of a... In a very, like, I won't speak to you that yeah. often. But when I do, I'll say something nice. Yeah. You know. That's <laughs> a beautiful, a beautiful way. For beautiful to approach to fatherhood. Family. Have you? You have not seen? Or I have, but not like maybe not since around when it came out. Yeah, um, it it really comes back to you. It opens with Dakota Fanning playing Reese Witherspoon, right? As like a baby. That's pretty good casting. Oh yeah, get Dakota in anything. True, She's, she'll help you out. She could still play a baby if she wanted to. <laughs> she could play me if she wanted to. Absolutely. I could see that. Um, yeah, so that is it for Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, and there's like a, well, no, no, no. There's not much else. <laughs> oh, and there's a, no, no, no. I was just going to be like, um, I was going to, I was just going to make fun of her fashion show, but <laughs> it's like, it's not like actually too bad, but, it, you know, just like. It was the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, and also I read that it was the first film allowed to film after 9-11. Oh. So that puts it at a place. 20 A time years? and a place. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. And then, but as we know, never forget that Master of Disguise was, was filming, filming when it happened. current at the time, yeah. And that Dana Carvey was wearing the turtle costume when they had their moment of silence. Yes. I will never... Like, I will be on my deathbed having forgotten everything from my entire life, and that will still be in my brain. Well, it's it's shocking. It's scarring. Yeah. And it, it's not like, I don't know, that's not even a, a word. The turtle speech is nothing I ever want to <laughs> think about. Turtle. But, but, but I will because of its placement in our history. Sean, am I not turtly enough for the turtle club? You actually are too, too turtly. Yeah, I've been told that before. Well, Sean, with that, yeah. it is time for us to take a break 
hear a word from our sponsors, and squeeze in a quick trying-on-clothes montage. We'll be right back with more Spoiler Alert here on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. And we're back with Spoiler Alert. Was that a nice break, Sean? Did you have a good little break? It was very short break, honestly. It but was. <laughs> It happened real fast, and my own voice immediately <laughs> appeared on Piped the airwaves. Up. You weren't um, off for you weren't off for more than like five seconds. On no hold rest break. for the wicked, my my dear. <laughs> uh, also, podcast listeners are going to be like, "What are they talking about?" Yeah. Well, maybe you should listen live. Maybe get the commercials listen. in there, babes. <laughs> anyway, Sean, um, do you know what time it is? I am unaware of what time it is. Yeah. If what you think, um, well, it's probably half. Well. It could be quarter. It's game time. Oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. Oh, where did that come from? Sad that you have to do your own air horn. I know. It is sad. Oh, I did not write down what Jeremy usually says, so I'm going to do this from memory. You can do this. For those of you who don't know, the game is where I, Jeremy Leguie, mm-hmm. find a movie that these two saw. <laughs> he always does that, too. Yeah, he does. Saying our names together. Sean and Tanya yeah. have not seen. They tell me what they think it's about. I tell them what it's really about, and we all have a great time. Yes. Sean. You did it. Are you ready to play the game? I don't think I'm ready. I did it. I'm really proud of myself. Okay, Sean. Today's title is Return to Me. Return to Me. Return to Me. Return to Me. Um. Okay. I turn to me. <laughs> I believe that it is about... Um, a woman who works the returns uh, desk at a grocery store. And, um, you know, she's kind of in her routine. She just sees the same people come and go. And she always has a sort of handsome but fiery person that's always returning, like, uh, grocery things, like chicken. And he's just like, he's like, it didn't taste very good. And she, like, kind of hates him. And she's like, hey, Walter, because she sees him all the time. Um, but then they like become. Sh- they have a some sort of adventure where mm-hmm. he like asks for her number and she's like no, and then they like eventually go out and they make a. They kind of have a great time, and then uh, things get better for them. And they, but they their original story was that they met at the return counter. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what did what did things have to get better from? Just like their well, adventure? because they started off very mm, okay, rocky, yeah. because you know no one wants a difficult customer. No, and um, he is one. Yeah, so tough customer. <laughs> He's a literal tough customer. Okay, sounds great. Yeah, sure. I don't know if it's going to be a good movie, but it, as we've learned, you can make anything a movie. <laughs> uh, well, Sean, I'm so sorry to tell you that you were not correct. Oh, I thought you were going to guess one. Well, I know what it's... Oh, you've already read it. I could. I could just... Wing? I think Return to Me is about a man who works at the return desk at the library. Oh. That's what I thought you were going to say at oh, first. Yeah. That's and actually much sort of ripe for mm. cuteness. Oh, yeah. A, a lot library. of meet cute opportunities. Even though every time I'm at the library, no, that's not the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not... The vibe is actually completely different. Yeah. But. Well, libraries are an important public space that needs to be accessible to all members of the community. You know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but none of those members of the community have asked me out. So. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Just kidding. 
Well, listeners, if you're looking for someone cute to Find it between the stacks. Yeah. He's got good taste in books. <laughs> um, anyway, so this man... <laughs> Anyway, is working the returns desk, and he one day he sees this absolutely just beautiful woman, and he's like, "Wow, that that woman is so beautiful." And then he's like thinking about maybe talking to her. He's like thinking about what he'll say, and she comes and she's returning a book, and he looks, and uh, it's The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand, oh. and he's like, "Oh, she's a bad person <laughs> for sure," because oh. only. Let's be honest, listeners. If listen, I'm sorry if you're a big Ayn Rand. Rand if head. you're a Randhead, probably you have bad politics. Just saying. And he, of course, you know, really cares he's about people. Turned off. Yeah. And so then he's like, oh. So he gets kind of the wrong idea, and then you know they have they have one of those misunderstandings where he's like a bit rude to her, and then she's rude back. And she's but like, like, well, you're rude to me. Exactly. And then, as it turns out, she was returning that book for. Her terrible fiance. Oh, because they always have to have a terrible fiance at the beginning. Um, and I don't know. Then some other stuff happens. They like see each other everywhere in the way that always happens in rom coms. And, and maybe he sees her reading a book that he loves. Yeah, that he loves, and he's like, "What the heck? This doesn't add up." And then, um, yeah, conflict, conflict, conflict. Resolution, resolution. And then they end up together. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Return to me. Yeah. That's uh, great. I also was not right in any way, shape, or form. Okay, what is what is Return to Me about then? Return it couldn't be me, better than that. Uh, stars David Duchovny and Minnie Driver. Okay. So right off the bat, star studded. I'm I'm into these two. And you're gonna you're gonna gag when I tell you this next part. <laughs> Written and directed by Bonnie Hunt. I am gonna. <laughs> I knew you would. You plot. Does Bonnie do a lot? I actually don't know. We should find out. What we should Bonnie's find out more to. about her body of work. Her body of body work. Of work. <laughs> it was like a race <laughs> to see who would say it. Body first. of work. Uh, the tagline for this movie is a comedy straight from the heart, and the description is this: medical. A man who falls in love with the woman who received his wife's heart must decide which woman it is who holds his heart. Um, the woman that's currently alive or his dead wife? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I hope he figures it out. Me too. Uh, I found it on a listicle, a BuzzFeed listicle of like 50 underrated rom-coms. And the person who had like suggested it said, I know it sounds cheesy, but it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. Wow. <laughs> so I got to get some eyes on this, I guess. This is also, um, after last Christmas, it's really making it seem like <laughs> yeah. people are going to be taking hearts of people you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're going to have to revamp your uh, relationship with them after that. Well, it's important to keep the hearts in the community, Sean. Yeah, well, I hope if one of us gives a heart out mm. that they become the other co-host of the show. <laughs> yeah, that's how. It's actually my will. Uh, Sean and myself, thank you for playing the game. Thank you, Sean and Sonia, for playing the game. <laughs> You're so welcome, John and Sonia. Uh, we go off the rails a little bit when we don't have Jer. Here. We do. He's, he's, he keeps it in track. But it's fun. Uh, okay, let's get back to talking about chick flicks. Please. Whatever they may be. Uh, I watched another movie this week that I have seen before. I don't know why I said another because the last one I hadn't <laughs> seen before. Uh, but not for a while. And it is bananas. And that is... 
2007's Music and Lyrics. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you've got Hugh Grant. Right. You've got Drew Barrymore. Right. The same age, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely not 14 years apart. Okay. Um, he is a washed-up 80s pop st- one-hit wonder. Okay. Who is sort of like the Andrew from Wham right. character, where his counterpart Colin went on to become famous and wealthy and he but honestly that story didn't end great either <laughs> so true. maybe he's gonna make it out better <laughs> that's true um who is like performing at like knott's berry farm and, like, right high school reunions just singing his like three songs um so he's washed up drew barrymore is a neurodivergent coded uh just you know whimsical, colorful, unpredictable right. woman. Who, sort of manic pixie. Yeah, a, a manic pixie vibe. Um, who comes in one day uh, when it just so happens that uh, <laughs> pop pop star sensation Cora Corman <laughs> has, has shoulder-tapped uh, Alex, um, Hugh Grant's character, to write a new hit for her. Who would play her? Cora Corman? Who, <laughs> Who did play her? Who did? Oh, I can't remember this woman's name. It's like Haley Bennett, maybe? Oh, okay. But not... Don't know her. Um, yeah. Um, the other Bennett sister. A, a wafy blonde. Mm. but Well, wafy, but also curvy. You know okay. that? That moment? Yeah. She was actually really good, actually, as the pop star. Um, who, <laughs> who would play her? Um, and... It makes no sense that he's the person she would go to. Right. She's like... I guess she loves his song. Yeah, she loves his song. It it got her through her parents' divorce when she was seven. Um, And so he has like a week to write a a hit song and save his career. Okay, also that timeline is not... It's impossible. They're like, her album's already finished. Um, It's basically finished, so we need it by Friday. (laughs) We're going to write a song... Cora Corman is going to yeah. record it and then jam it on the album yeah. just because. Mm-hmm. And okay. then her concert's the next day. <laughs> oh, and she also re- will perform it at that concert. Yes. Cora, honestly, to me, it feels like Cora should be the one that is in a pickle. Like, that's way too much work for her as but well. But no, because she is famous and, and, you know, having a moment and she's young and beautiful and not washed up. That's right. the theme of the film. Got it, got it. It, it really bashes you overhead with that. And so he's there with, um, uh, he doesn't write lyrics. He only writes music. I wish we could find someone that (laughs) could write lyrics. And the studio sends this guy, this songwriter, this lyricist, to help him write lyrics for Cora's new song. And, of course, they're not getting along. They're butting heads. And Drew shows up. She's filling in for his plant lady because a, a woman that he slept with once told him that plants make women feel comfortable. Right. So he pays someone to take care of plants for that reason. Makes sense. Um, she comes in. She's wild. She's chaotic. She's there. And they're trying to write this song. And she keeps coming up with lines that are better than what the other guys Classic. Yep. So then, of course... Classic lyricist. Classic lyricist. So then, of course, they end up writing the song together. They spend, like, the week together. He's so annoyed by her because she's so flighty and wild. But then, of course, she charms him. She's like, you're so stodgy. Yeah, exactly. Um, And you know what? It's... You loved it. It's trash, but I enjoyed it. (laughs) 
<laughs> most of it. I can see that you loved it. It really slows down kind of in the third act where you're like, okay, things aren't as funny anymore. Like, let's get this going. Let's get right. this over with. Because I assume there is a moment where they're like, this is off. The song's mm-hmm. off. Because mm-hmm. Cora wants to take it in a very different direction. Um, there's this whole thing of her like appropriating Buddhist and Hindu culture, mm-hmm. which actually I'm like mm, quite appreciant. <laughs> that is still happening now, okay, like Ms. twelve Carmen. years later. Um, and so she she turns their like poppy little ballad into this like chanting, and she's like making orgasmic sounds. And then Drew wants to stand up to her, and um, Hugh Grant's like, "No, we can't," because. He needs his career he saved. His career. You know, he's Despy. So then they have a fight about that. And then he says some really cruel things to her, like just awful traumatizing things about this whole side plot about her ex, who was her creative writing professor who stole the stories of her life and turned them into a novel about her. Oh, my God. And like God. portrayed her in this horrible way. And then he ba- they get into this fight and he's basically like, he was exactly right about you. And just like it's like unforgivable things and it shouldn't have worked out in the end. But then, so they have a fight right as they're trying to write, like, the last verse of the song. Mm. He goes to the recording session the next day to be like, Cora, I'm sorry we didn't get to finish the song. And she's like, oh, no, she faxed them over the lyrics over to me. Oh, thankfully. Which made me laugh because I was like, fax, okay. Um, and then she's going to the concert the next day because her niece loves Cora. And she's like, uh, and, and Cora's like, and now we have a brand new song by Alex F- Fletcher. I think that's his name. And sh- and doesn't say Sophie's name, like Drew Barrymore's name. Um, and so she's like getting up to storm out. And then, of course, he sings a love song to her. About he how pops he up and he sings it instead. Yeah. He, he, sings, he sings a song that he wrote oh. for her, apologizing. Not even the new song, which is definitely a thing a pop star would let you do. Yeah, I don't mind having a <laughs> right random man. Yeah, people, a, that's a part of this thing, too, is people don't mind, like, in the middle of their wedding, having yeah. you go up to the microphone and making a big speech to someone that's in the audience. Because everyone mind. loves love in these worlds. I guess so. I would be like, sorry, get your chaotic <laughs> self out of my wedding yeah could you not just pull her for conversation outside like ever heard a text yeah ever heard of a phone call before before this big public affair give her a call anyway sorry i kind of blacked out there for a second and just described the whole movie but um there's some pretty funny writing i'll be honest the guy who wrote and directed it is the same guy who wrote geniality (laughs) (laughs) oh really so i feel like you know there's some good feeling good hands yeah a lot of good jokes about Hugh Grant being old, which I'm like, he wasn't even that old when he made it because it was 2007, but. That's rude to Hugh. <laughs> it is, but he does a good job. Anyway, it's pretty funny, honestly, but a wild ride. That sounds great. Some of the music's really bad, but. Um, well, this is the problem about writing a movie about yeah. music is like, if you if everyone reacts that the music is good. Mm. And the music is not good, then where are we at? Yeah. The the thing that they nail, and I'm like, did they write the whole movie around this? The, like, 80s one-hit wonder that they have. Oh, that's Pop good. Goes My Heart. Oh. I said I wouldn't fall in love again, but then pop. 
goes my heart. It's like perfect. Yeah, like it uh, is perfect. I feel like they, they were probably like, that was that. the thing that yeah. happened first. <laughs> and then they were like, "All right, now we got to build a movie around this." That's a fun idea. Yeah. So yeah, music and lyrics. Okay. Uh, what else did you watch? Um, well, I also watched the proposal. Oh boy! From two thousand nine. This is Sandy B. Um, and Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Um, Sandra Bullock is a high-powered editor. She wields her power viciously. Ryan Reynolds is her assistant. Um, he, throughout the whole thing, he is meant to, he conveys that she is the devil, that she's really cruel. Um, we don't see that ever, really. He just tells us that how terrible she is. Um we see her fire a guy, um, and that's, like, I guess supposed to be, like, oh, she's she's the worst. But she's very nice to him, um, in my opinion. Maybe I have a, maybe I have a misreading of it. But anyway, she is, uh, she is encountered with the fact that she's about to be deported back to Canada because oh. something went wrong. Uh, with and so she's like, "Oh no!" But I'm the I'm the editor, and they're like, "Yeah, you'll have to step down." And she's like, "But what if I told you I'm getting married to my assistant?" And he's like, "Oh!" And they're like, "Well, if that was true, then that would be would save your job." And so then they pretend they're like, "Okay, uh, we'll get married." He faces potential jail time. It's a very serious offense. Uh, and then so they go to the green card office and she and they're basically the person looking after them is like if i see that you're lying like this is big trouble Mm. so then she goes to alaska to meet his family his mom's mary steenburgen his grandma betty white um it's a and then while they're there obviously then they fight 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 but then they like fall in love Mm -hmm. um the ending is nonsense. <laughs> it's complete nonsense because so they're about to do their fake wedding at the ranch. They decided mm-hmm. to do it that weekend, actually. Impo- crazy. Um, but then she delivers a speech to everyone at the wedding, like, I'm lying. I'm going to be deported. Sorry. And then... When she's about to leave the office, he makes another speech to her in turn, saying, actually, I am in love with you now. And so then she's like, so then they actually do get engaged. And so then the immigration officer is like, oh, well, then you're good. Well, that just erases the fraud. Yeah. And it's like, no, you're not good. You're actually like you still, still in terrible still position. Fraud. Yeah. Uh. Um, but he seemed to be kind of like, well, I guess that patches things up. Um, what? Is oh, there's also a crazy scene because she's obviously high powered. She's always talking on her phone. She's wearing high heels because that's what a, a businesswoman yes, does. Right. Um, and a lot of the comedy is her tottering around on heels as everyone's like, oh, "What's she doing?" Um, anyway, there's a part where an eagle is attempting to steal a, a fluffy dog, like a puppy. And so she saves it. She's on the phone. And so she saves the puppy, but then the eagle grabs her cell phone. And then she tries to offer the puppy back to the eagle in in trade for her cell phone. And it's in a very extended sequence. (laughs) That's just a good use of your time. Yeah, there's there's a lot of her holding a fluffy puppy, like, to the sky, running, running, running. Um, 
I know. They just, like, really wanted to do a bunch of, like, gags. They have Ryan and Sandra, like, both trying, like, naked, unaware that the other person's in the room, and then running slap into each other and making a big wet slap. Ew! Like, the, the wettest slap of Why two bodies. Why are they wet? Well, one is wet out of the shower, but it was a really... <laughs> It was it was gross to hear. Yeah, that sounds gross. Um anyway, yeah, so again, I had a great time. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing with these movies like you're the whole time you can be like this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. This makes no sense. No one acts like this. Not a soul acts like this. But Not then? A, oh, and like there's a Betty White pretends to have a heart attack so they can get air saved by a helicopter Mm -hmm. and then in the air she's like i'm actually fine take us to the airport to stop her from taking (laughs) off like just the mismanagement of of funds all over this place that's a waste of everyone's time yeah and the ems people did not seem too perturbed like surely there are other people who need saving oh they probably were like we prioritized you anyway well sean i thought we were going to talk more generally about the genre but we just had such a good time talking about the movies we watched. We filled up pretty much the whole hour. And so now it is time for a little segment we call What You Watching. Watch so, Sean, what you been watching? Well, not a ton more than actually what I have been <laughs> watching, unfortunately. Um, I did finish The Chair. Oh, yeah. Um, weirdly that you brought up David Duchovny earlier because there is a plot point where um, Sandra O oh is trying to give this lecture series oh, to yeah. someone. And then the university is pressuring her to give it to David Duchovny instead. And she's like, what? And then she has a meeting with David Duchovny. And she's like, and she and she reads his thesis from his, like, undergrad, basically. And she's like, this is terrible. <laughs> um, but he, like, is very gamely, just, like, plays sort of a out-of-touch David Duchovny, which is very funny. Um, yeah, it. I liked the chair, but it did end just kind of randomly and bizarrely Mm. so i don't know if they're doing another season or if i want another season or not Mm. but uh yeah they did not stick this landing to me but love sandra oh obviously she just runs around frantic like amazing hair um wearing like a very uh great academic tweety outfits that i was very into um yeah yeah, I, I started watching it based on your recommendation last week. Just like a happy. floor length like wool skirt and a, <laughs> yes. and a like a blundstone. It's yeah. It's, it's great to see. I, I'm into it, I'm not gonna lie. I do sort of feel like they were like, Okay, we're gonna take uh Sandra's character from Killing Eve, but make her an academic. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's a little bit I think what they did. It's a good character. It is instead of law enforcement. Mm-hmm. She's an English department chair. Yeah, and it is accurate to some stuff in my experience, and like and Holland a Taylor, bit triggering. Holland Taylor is really. Oh, good. she's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I did, I did something. Amazing. What have you done? I, I watched something life changing. No, uh, friends of the show, uh, James Brotheridge, uh, Rhiannon Ward, and Rhiannon's sister Harmony Ward. I don't know why I've helped me. <laughs> don't dox them. <laughs> them. Uh, and I watched something <laughs> just so cursed, which is the new Netflix film, 
he's all that. You did. Yeah. This is very big moves for you. Because to wa- I would highly recommend to watch it with friends so you can laugh the whole time rather than watching it by yourself and, and just be being like, what is happening? Time. This is, uh, yeah, I have seen... Because, obviously, it's big on TikTok because mm-hmm. the star of it is big on TikTok. Well. And mm-hmm. there's I've seen clips of um, how she has a severe, like, every line she delivers is very, like, a head shake. Like, it's always, like, wobble, wobble, wobble. Yes, I didn't notice that, but now that I you saw say someone it. do, like, a small montage of just, like, what is going on? And she's just like, yeah. So, yes, so this is a remake of the iconic 90s rom-com She's All That. Which we could have brought up here today. We could have. And I, I've i actually never seen it. It's the, oh, really? It's the other gag is that I've never this seen the original. your first exposure to the All stars, That universe. Yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. and uh, Rachel Lee Cook. And now, Three names all around. <laughs> exactly. And now this is a remake of that, but gender-swapped, because that's so fun. Um, so he was nerdy. Well, and, this is the thing. Okay. But it stars... Basically, the most followed, like, most famous person on TikTok, Addison Ray, who's, like, 19. And here's the thing that just <laughs> roasts my... Toast. <laughs> <laughs> roasts my toast. Is that she is famous on TikTok for being a dancer. Right. This woman cannot dance. Oh, like, have I you thought ever you were going to say, this woman cannot act. I'm like, Well, yeah. no, she cannot act. But, and whoever told her she could was lying to her several times uh, in the words of Tiffany New York. They make her dance in it? Well, they, of course, there's TikTok dances. Mm. Like, there's, of course, there's a dance sequence. But, like, she cannot. She cannot. She's not a, she's not a good dancer. Like, she can do the moves. But there's no soul. There's no rhythm. Like, it's one of the saddest things I've actually ever seen. That is sad to be this. And she's my, famous this is my for thing. It. Well, there is a difference between doing a TikTok dance and then doing a dance for a performance. But also, so I mean, this is the thing: is like the power of thinness, whiteness, and hotness will truly get you everywhere. In this and I've world. been summoning that for a while. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and uh, and and there's this whole thing of like you know most of those dances are created by black people um, or like you know in like are built on black culture Mm -hmm. and then her skinny white butt just comes in there and does them poorly and then she gets 1,000 million views. 1,000 million. 1,000 million. Anyway, she's terrible. This movie's terrible. It is redonkulous. Um, Tanner Buchanan plays the quote-unquote loser who she gets into a bet with her terrible best friend that she right, will that they can, make him prom king. Uh, okay. But he's so hot. Like, he just has a bad wig and wears a beanie and, like, black clothes. Oh. Uh, and what, that's it. What kind of loser are we talking? He's like, he's like, like a... He doesn't have social like, media. Right. He's, like, kind of an alt dude. Like right. Okay. But, like, hot. Like, and everyone... Like, it's like everyone would think he was hot. Right. There is no world in which he's not... And this is like a bit of the conceit of She's All That, where mm-hmm, right. um, Lainey Boggs, played by Rachel Lee Cook, has just like glasses on for a lot mm-hmm, of it. A ponytail. And, and like makes bizarre art <laughs> that every time someone walks by, they're just like, oh, Lainey, oh. And then they like show it and it's like a newspaper like stuck to a like a page or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and she's like painted on it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so... I guess the 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 reveal 
for both of them don't seem no. too huge. No. But, yeah, like, it's not even not a pair of glasses, Not that I've ever heard of Tanner Buchanan. No. He, he's been in some things, but nothing I've ever seen. Um, but, yeah, uh, the writing was bad. Most of the acting was bad. Damn. But we did enjoy ourselves in tee hee oh i would love to tee hee so i actually i think you should watch it sean i think you will i think i would have a great time as well also he's a horse girl (laughs) he is a horse girl yeah he loves horses interesting and then they yeah they like ride horses together and stuff they ride horses (laughs) (laughs) but also just like the parties that they have like there just are so many things that are are you know classic teen movie tropes but it really smushes them together spectacularly well, this is very exciting, and I would love to get some eyes on this. Yeah, I'm excited for you. But I will that. have to do it with other people. Yeah, don't, don't, <laughs> no don't one attempt, undertake this alone. Don't attempt by yourself. <laughs> I fear it what would I'm hearing. turn, and then you would feel sad about the world that we live in. Yeah, I would turn it off and just stare at my reflection mm-hmm. in, in the screen. There is this thing also in the movie where every time, so oh, it's more product placement than I've ever seen in my entire life. Like it is beyond. So keep an eye out for that. But then also every time uh, kids are, like, filming something, they're always filming it on TikTok, like holding down the button that you have for TikTok. Oh, right. And I'm like, no, that's not – do people do that? I think some people do that, but for our sort of, like, let's plan this out brains, I definitely would not do that. Well, it's going to cut you off in a minute, like – you got to really be able to get it all in there. <laughs> it just doesn't But I think sense. they just want it on the screen, yeah, presumably. I think, I think that's probably big payouts from China, I guess, for he's <laughs> all that. <laughs> anyway, with that, <laughs> that is all the time we have for this week. I'd like to give a shout-out to Saskatoon's The Garys for the use of our theme song, Manituna, my co-host Sean, everyone at CJTR, and to you, our listeners, for lending us your ears. The show's broadcast Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Thursdays at noon, and we're available as a podcast on CJTR's website and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.